Timeless Voyager Radio. Self-development radio for the open mind. Interviews with leading edge authors and speakers. And now, Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager Radio. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Bruce, for having me. <laughs> Steve, you mentioned in your book, Out of the Blue, which incidentally is just recently available, and is it... Yes, it certainly is. From Out of the Blue is uh, currently available. You uh, mentioned Dr. Verna Yader in your book. I mean, let's just, as long as we, we had a little segue there, let's talk a little bit about Verna. How did you meet her? I had a past life uh, regression done, not by Verna, but by another woman, and... It was such an incredible, incredible experience to me that I absolutely knew that reincarnation was a fact after that experience, and I needed more information. Right. And I just, I, I, I said to the woman who I said, "Now what do I do?" And she just said, "Spiritual Sciences Institute," and she closed her door. And I <laughs> didn't know what that was. <laughs> Spiritual Sciences Institute—is this a, a church or what is it? Right. And so anyway, I did uh, look up the number of the phone book, and I got in touch with them. Found out that their next event was a uh, a, a fair of some kind, uh, a psychic fair. Um, <laughs> it, they also had a silent auction. And uh, anyway, that was my introduction to Verna. I did go to a, a trans-channeling demonstration that uh, she was doing on a regular basis uh, in Montecito back then. This is five, six years ago. And uh, I was impressed with the information at the at the channeling and I uh, began taking some workshops with Verna and they are excellent workshops anyone who's interested in really expanding themselves psychically hmm. uh, really wants to get more information and really uh, have some experiences to get your own proof I highly highly recommend uh, Verna Yader's work she uh, has a very high level of integrity and she is totally committed to what she is doing all right, let's go back to your book now, From Out of the Blue. Um, you gave it to me. I had a chance to read parts of it, and I was... I, first of all, I like your writing style a lot. Oh, great, thanks. I enjoyed it. It was, it was easy to read. Um, you know, here we are again at the same uh, beginning, folks. Uh, uh, Steve, you were on a different road, and all of a sudden, something happened. There was like a paradigm shift in your being. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I really just accidentally at the time I believed there were accidents or coincidences I started reading Shirley MacLaine's Out on Out on a Limb which I'm sure many of you have uh, also read as well and while I was reading the book I started having having some uh, spontaneous psychic things happen to me and uh, when I finished the book I was absolutely determined to get proof that what I had read was in fact true now that uh, books sat on your bureau for what six months or something I mean, it was about eight months it was about eight months right it did i, I kept staring you in the face and you kept not reading she it. she did she's she sure did i uh i i started the book and i could not get into it i i i i don't know i was five ten pages into it and i said yeah 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 and i put it down and for some reason eight months later i wiped the dust off and i i read it cover to cover and i couldn't put it down and not only could i not put it could not put, put it down i i told every human that crossed my path about the book uh as well because it, it had impacted me on a very deep level but yet i really wasn't sure i was going to subscribe to things like past lives and reincarnation and channeling and ufos and all of this other seemingly uh cosmic comic book uh topics 
And I. Um, and so here you are on the timeless voyage, <laughs> <laughs> right? And before we got on the air, we had a space, some space music, a spaceship music. You were telling me That's about. Right, yeah. uh, uh, so uh, anyway, I after I read the book and started having having some experiences, I was led to read other books such as uh, uh, the. Oh boy, what did I read? I read everything. Um, but I, I was reading the Seth Speaks uh, by. Um, yeah, we what were. Is her name? Yeah, anyway, Jan, Jan uh, Roberts, uh, Jane Roberts. Right, the Jane, Jane Roberts, Roberts, the Seth material. And, and for those of you who are interested in the Seth material, it's it's channeled information, uh, right. once again. Right. And that that book also had a very uh, very strong impact on me. And as I was reading that book, more. I'll, I'll say bizarre types of things uh, happened to me, and I kind of don't want to go into exactly all of the bizarre things that happened because I really don't want to take away from the reading of the book since it kind of sure. it's uh, kind of an adventure. It's kind of like a mystery. Things get resolved, some things don't get resolved. But what happened was when I I was testing out some of the the uh, material in both the McLean book and the uh, the Seth Speaks book, as well as Robert Monroe's uh, visionary. Uh, Journeys Out of the Body book, which uh, which was something that I also investigated, and I kept coming up with with positive proof time after sure. time after time, and my life started radically changing. Um, I had no idea that it was going to be going in that direction. I was in a recording studio working on a demo tape. I'm a musician. I sing and I write songs. I play some guitar and piano, and I was in the process of working on a demo tape, and. And all of this stuff, you know, just seems to happen to me at, at this point. And I couldn't turn my back on it. It was like pistachio nuts at the beginning. I just wanted more and more and more. Um, so that's, that's, how I, that's how I got opened up to all of the, uh, the, the psychic world and uh, metaphysical ideas and ideologies. Why did you write the book? I mean, what was your purpose in writing the book? Don't we have enough books on the market now about this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Um, I'll tell you, that's, uh, it's kind of a, a minor theme of the, of the book as you're reading it, because... Uh, Why from... Okay, how about the title? The title of Okay, all. well, the, uh, the, ti the title really refers to my, my opening up process where things seem to be coming to me literally from out of the blue. And uh, I, I was in shock so much of the time those early months um, that I really had a strong sense and feeling that there was some other force uh, existing on this planet outside of just our physical, our physical beings. And... Um, is this kind of like a journal? Would you say? I would say that the beginning part. The, I would say that that's accurate. It, uh, it it is like a journal. It does. I'm told it does read like a novel, uh, although everything that I speak of in the book actually did occur. Uh, it, so these are true stories. <laughs> they are. They're true stories. <laughs> they're true stories. And uh, I, to get back to your original question, I, I really wrote the book. I think for myself. Uh, I had started and stopped many times, and I um, decided that that I really needed to remember uh, that these, the, especially the beginning part of the book, the first half of the book, the types of things that uh, happened to me, I, I wanted some kind of document on that because I found that in my spiritual, uh, on my spiritual journey, that there are 
their peaks and valleys and plateaus. Um, and when I'm on a plateau and nothing seems like it's happening and I feel that none of this makes any difference and that I start having doubts, that I can go back to the beginning part of the book and I can reread some of the things that happened to me and say, wait a minute, oh my God, this really did happen. This is this is crazy. Um, and also, I was working with the Spiritual Sciences Institute. They have land in Colorado, uh, just outside of Colorado Springs, where they give workshops every summer. And I highly recommend that experience. It's a very highly charged land. Um, it matches the ley lines of Machu Picchu and the Great Pyramid of Peru. Um, and um, I was working with the Institute doing enrollment for the workshops, and more and more people, they, they kept asking me questions, which book should I read next? They were obviously beginning and where I had been five, six years ago. And I was telling the same stories over and over and over again, and I was kind of getting a little irritated with myself for saying, gee, why do I have to tell this story again and again and again? I should just have it on tape or a book. And, <laughs> right. then, and I said, wait a minute, I, I, I guess I could write a book. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's what happened. That's why I did write it for other people and for myself as a reminder that all of this did happen and that when things seem like they're not happening, things in fact really are occurring. I guess probably you get a lot of questions and, and, uh, and you seem to have studied quite a bit about earth changes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, the earth changes uh, will be, or are, and have been? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, that's a lot. <laughs> well, there it's such a it's such a heavy topic, and I find that there are really two camps in the metaphysical community. Uh, that are split on earth changes and one camp kind of says if you put stock into believing that earth changes are going to happen sure enough you're going to create that very very reality because that stems out of the the belief that we that we create our own realities and the other the other uh, school of thought on it and uh, there I don't want to limit it just to two schools but this is my understandings the other thought is that the um, the amount of negativity in the world, um, such as uh, wars and hatred and greed, uh, th these kinds of things that, uh, that we judge to be negative, um, you can look at the, the ozone going away, the, the forests going away, the pollution that we're doing uh, to the planet as a, as a living organism, and there's got to be some kind of payback for that. Uh, it's going to create, uh, the earth is going to want to be cleansed. Um, it's happened at other times in uh, our, the Earth's history. And what I believe will happen, and this is uh, nothing that I've made up, it's in the Ruth Montgomery material, it's in the Edgar Casey material, it's in lots and lots of uh, metaphysical uh, material that's available, that the Earth will actually flip on its axis. And the areas that now are... Uh, frozen in ice will melt and become tropical, and the opposite will happen to the areas, well, Santa Barbara, for instance, this will be the next, uh, the next ice age uh, place, theoretic, and if you look on what's happening with the economy, and um, the, the, the drought that Santa Barbara is having, and the floods that they had in uh, Georgia last week, and uh, all kinds of uh, things that are happening, people say, gee, I can't remember in this century, things being quite this bad, and maybe, I'm sure, in other times of history, these sorts of things have occurred, 
Um, but by the same token, we don't have records of the Earth flipping on its axis in, in thousands and thousands of years, and it could very well be that this is the time that it'll happen. Now, the other the other part is is that people go, oh, this is gloom and doom, it's so negative, it's so negative. But most people, and I, I would say metaphysical people included, uh, many people just pay lip service to the existence of the spirit realm and that that is the greater reality and that this uh, three-dimensional reality that we inhabit is just a way station it's a, a schoolhouse it's an, a schoolhouse and that it's here for us to learn and when we have nothing left to learn or or when we've learned as much as we can possibly absorb in this physical body we then change dimensions and we go someplace else well the thing about earth changes is that if something that that catastrophic happens whereby three quarters of the population of the earth will be wiped out um, what happens uh, what I understand when we when we change dimensions we eventually meet our spirit guides and teachers and when that amount of spirit changes dimension at the same time apparently the uh, it'll warrant the presence of the masters Jesus and Buddha and Moses and uh, Lao Tzu and, and others so there's a really a a uh, an opportunity for soul growth for the pe for the entities that change dimension at that point as well as for the people that survive and rebuild the earth because when that that something that that catastrophic happens the amount of people that are left on the planet are really going to the especially the people that didn't have a spiritual uh, way of living their lives are really going to start looking within and that is uh, what I really believe that it is about here on this earth, on this plane we really need to look within God is not up in a heaven he's inside of us and uh, there it's possible to get in touch with God through dreams uh, evaluations through through meditation through through just looking at the signs uh, all around us the uh, seeming uh, coincidences that occur in our lives and people will say gee wow what a coincidence and I believe there as Jung stated uh, th uh, through his uh, theory of uh, synchronicity that there that there are no coincidences that if something coincidental happens to you I invite you to seriously consider what that means and to give an example I uh, last week I, I had never ever done this I had lost my car keys I had just got out of the car just came back from the market and they were no place to be found and I ended up having to get a key made and the whole thing and in dreams uh, cars can be a symbol of one's power and obviously if you don't have the keys to your car if you're locked out of it <laughs> somebody else might be running the show and so I started looking at that and that was that was about a week ago and of course uh, going on the publicity tour for uh, a book could easily lend uh, to one having an intense ego experience and I was looking at that and uh, and other things and I, I think that those kinds of things when we are in touch with our intuition and when we question things that are coincidences and really look at dreams that uh, are, are based on our own personal symbology we are closer to God we're closer to our purpose uh, why why we've come this time on the planet you know it's 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 interesting because uh, why do I say out of the blue I think there is there a book called out of the blue there is by some uh, baseball person I don't remember his name but that's why that's exactly what it is so from out of the blue which is a completely different book this is not about baseball <laughs> it's a whole other ball game <laughs> although baseball is an interesting game um, 
and I mean, I mean in life too. <laughs> you know, uh, I noticed that uh, that you and your book uh, spoke extensively about ways to evaluate, and you refer to these as evaluation tools and trans channeling, for example, um, tarot cards, astrology, I Ching. Why don't you talk a little bit about those as uh, tools? Okay, I think um, I think everyone has different things that they're interested in. And so consequently, you're going to be drawn to a tool that will be helpful or, or interesting uh, and obviously beneficial uh, to you. Some people will be gravitated to working with tarot cards, and there are many, many different spreads uh, that you can use. Uh, the, same is, the same is true about astrology, trans-channeling, any of the other forms of divination. The thing that I really stress, though, is that two things, really, is that you do not want to become dependent upon any of these these uh, forms of divination. So you don't want to give your power to any of this. That's correct. You, you you because you're you're working on getting in touch with your intuition, which is getting in touch with your higher self, your God self, the part of you that will um, remain after your physical body uh, falls away. And if you are giving your power away, then you're losing yourself your your sense of your identity of who you are. And the other thing is is that. And if, in evaluating any of these things, it's it's uh, very. I can't stress it enough. Many people will go to a trance channel, or they'll go to a tarot reader. They'll say, they'll tell me, well, they said this was going to happen, and this is going to happen, and they they either get panicky, or or they get jubilant, or or they run the gamut of emotions. But the point is, is that you need to go inside and and get in touch with your intuition. What does your gut tell you? Uh, does your gut say, wow, I don't really want to face this, but what they're saying is true. If that's the case, then that is true for you, and and that's something that you really need to look at. Um, and if if someone is telling you something that makes you afraid, you really need to look and say, "Gee, this is not my intuition. I am afraid." And and I think that part of what we do on this plane is we have to face our fears. And I think fear is a uh, modern devil because it uh, prevents us, it gets in our own way of doing that which, uh, that which we've come here to do. What is your understanding of the pragmatic use of, of trans-channeling, for example? Well, I think it's really the same thing as any other form of divination in that... Um, because people make a big deal about it, obviously, because first of all, it's a real show. I mean, to have a, uh, have a psychic say, uh, this, this, and this, this is going to happen to you, that's one thing. To have someone sit down, uh, close their eyes, take a few deep breaths, and have a new voice, <laughs> right. completely different uh, body movements, and then begin to speak with you, that's a show. And so the question is, I mean, is that, that show's not necessary. I mean, we, we see that show because different personalities are going to take over the physical body in different ways. But still, pragmatically, you know, taking away from the show, what kind of information are we really getting here? Well, I think, uh, th and th there's a lot. Th th there's a lot that's been written and uh, said about this. A lot of people who are not into metaphysics at all will say, "Well, gee, they're just if they're just spirits hanging out in the the spirit realm, coming through this person. Why should I trust what this person has to say? How are they different than me just because they're in another right, dimension?" In other words, are they a higher spirit? That's right. Lower spirit. That's right. It's, and, and therefore, I think that 
you know, you could get you could get advice from from somebody sitting under the big fig tree. And maybe that advice is very, very valuable. And maybe he doesn't know a thing about you. Maybe he doesn't need to know. Maybe he's, he's just very in tune and very, very psychic himself. So I think back to the, the entity question, I think you have to, again, go with your intuition. I've been to certain, and I will, well, I'm not going to name names, but I've been to certain channelings where I, I believed it was channeled, but I didn't believe the entity was who uh, he or she said they were. And I didn't get a good feeling about the entity either. I, I sensed there was a lot of ego there. And if there's a lot of ego involved, what is the, why this entity is supposedly so loving, giving all of this information to help other people, why, why is the need for the ego? They're not still in physical form the way we are, where, where um, in psychological terms, you need to develop your ego identity just so you can have some kind of identity, something to refer to yourself as some something uh, that differentiates you from other people. But what, what I believe is that after you reach a certain point where your ego is well enough established, you then um, let go of your ego and you get more in touch with your higher self. And um, that, that, that I think becomes very, very tough for many. But what I'm saying is that why, why does this entity have all of this ego? And if, uh, if I'm feeling that way uh, from a, a channel, whether it's someone giving a reading or, or an entity speaking through someone, I will, uh, that definitely will color what I feel about the information. So what you're basically saying to people is it's just like you go out to have your car fixed. Uh, just because everybody that you know gets their car fixed at, you know, X's service station and they love X, uh, you go and you talk to X and you don't like X, then don't get your car fixed by X. Get it fixed by, by Y, because if you like Y, That's you're right. going to feel better. They, they also say, too, that uh, certain entities, everything is vibration, and certain entities will vibrate... Um, they'll be more in tune with, with, with you than somebody else will. In the same sense that there are certain people, you might have, meet a friend of a friend that you just absolutely can't stand, and you go, this is incongruous, I'm best friends with, uh, with Joe, and, and here this guy Dan is, uh, he, he's just an idiot. And <laughs> He's Joe's best friend, right? <laughs> yeah, he's Joe's best friend, and you think, gee, well, maybe Joe's an idiot too, and I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, but it's the same kind of thing. You can't be friends with everyone, and there are certain people you'll feel more comfortable with, and I think it's the same with uh, with the information, or rather, the same with the um, with the spirit realm. What is your interpretation of why we are on the Earth plane in the first place? First of all, I'd like to preface that with that this is uh, it's not original. I did not make this up. You can read the same sort of thing. Uh, I, I, I outline it briefly in my book, but uh, it's written about in the Ruth Montgomery material and the. Uh, the Edgar Casey material, um, some of Kevin Ryerson's material in uh, his new book that's out. Um, I believe that we were all created in the beginning as uh, as angels, as sparks sparks of God, if you will. And what happened was many of those uh, many of us desired after the Earth plane was created to to play there for a bit, just to see what it was like. And we did that. We we went there. So it's we, almost like you know you paint a picture, and when you get done, you say, "Boy, that's beautiful. I wish I could live in there." Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's that. That's excellent. That's an excellent analogy, Bruce. Excellent. Um, what happened though? We would play there, and then we would go back to the spirit realm, and we would play there, and. 
And there are some entities that never ever desired to to play in in the in the physical. And uh, there is all of this strata of hierarchy in the angelic realms. For instance, archangels never will incarnate. And um, but anyway, the ones that did, what happened was they they stayed there longer and longer each time they went out. They liked it. They they did. <laughs> they liked it. Right. We That's like it. it. We like it. That's why we're here, folks. We like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We might be talking about getting out, but uh, right. And so, so what happened was... <laughs> took a while to get here. <laughs> what happened was um, we, we sort of, uh, not in a negative way, but we kind of got stuck here in that we forgot who we were, where we came from, which, uh, of course, is, uh, you know, we're all a spark of God, and we, I think many of us forgot that. And now my estimation of where things are at is that this amusement park, most of the rides are broken down, and there's a couple of ones that are that are, are kept well greased, and people go on the merry-go-rounds or the, the roller coasters over and over again, and those are addiction and greed and ego and uh, power for the sake of power, and those kind of uh, those kinds of uh, uh, rides is a good word. <laughs> right, yeah, they're rides, they're rides, and so the, to to finish the uh, the definition of why we're here. We are here to to get in touch with some of that. Why remember that we are God and to balance the karma that we've accrued along the way. And karma isn't a negative thing. It's the impersonal law of cause and effect in action. And um, so what we're doing is we're balancing karma, we're learning lessons, and we are um, treating other people the way that we would want to be treated. Uh, the, I think that uh, without getting overly preachy here, and but I, I think this is valid, that uh, that the two axioms that Jesus gave us were to do unto others as we would have do unto them, and uh, to love uh, love God as as we love our, ourselves. And I think that most people don't do unto others. Um, I mean, just take driving, for instance. How many people will let you get into a lane when you need to get into a lane? Yet, if they thought about it, they've been in that same situation, and we all do. And, and that's just a very an everyday example. It, it, and I've noticed that if I, if I give other drivers the, the time of day that... I have a much better driving experience, but my ego will get in the way because I have to be someplace and I'll say, let me get there, God damn it, and get out of my way, learn how to drive. And the thing is, is that you, spirituality is not meant for churches or for, for ohm circles or, or anything else uh, only. It's, it's, an everyday, it's an everyday thing, and I think we forget that. So consequently, after, we've, after we have balanced karma, i.e. learned lessons, and maybe possibly changed behavior. Um, then, then what it's about is going inside and uh, learning to love God as as ourselves. And that, to me, is uh, what meditation can be about. In that we still our mind and uh, through whatever technique we happen to use, so that we can be receptive to God speaking to us. Prayer is us speaking to God, and meditation is is listening. It's a passive uh, function. With that, I think we can come back on that too. What is the purpose of meditation according to your understanding? I know you said it's listening, it's passive. Right. Is that it? Do you think? I think, uh, I think what it is is we were, we're awake roughly 12 hours a day, and we are either in the process of going to sleep or sleeping 8 to 
10 hours a day. And we're caught up in the everyday world, our problems, our joys, the things that we need to do, obligations, and we don't connect with our higher selves. We don't really connect with God. And by getting so caught up in this, uh, this jungle down here, um, you kind of have to come up for air sometimes, because if we're really here for another reason, you need to set some time aside so that you can maybe get some input. And maybe, maybe it's not even a, um, an intellectual kind of input. Maybe it's just stilling yourself and connecting on an, on an etheric level, kind of getting a, uh, um, a jump start or, or some, some juice from some other, some other place. And by practicing that on an everyday level, I believe that we can become more in tune with what our purpose here is in the earth plane, and that helps to balance karma. And also, when we finally do make the transition from this plane to the next, it, it won't be so bumpy, maybe. Maybe it'll be more of a smooth transition. And so I think the main thing of it is is that the earth plane is not the greater reality, and by plugging in to the, uh, the higher realms uh, at least once a day, we can be connected with, with, uh, with, what, uh, with, with higher energies and with what our purpose here is. Steve. Yes. <laughs> we have Shocked some... you. <laughs> I oh, wanted I we to... had a call. Not yet. Oh, um, boy. I call wanted in, to ask in. you about your understanding of astrology and uh, the different schools of thought on astrology. Okay, well... Many, many, the, the 99% of uh, people who hear astrology, uh, especially at a bar, what's your sign and all of this, um, they generally are poo-pooing it because they read what's in the newspaper and they go, oh, that didn't happen, it's just a lot of junk. And most of that, in my mind, really is a lot of junk. So and what you're saying is there's definitely a difference between astrology taken from the newspaper, so to speak... And, Absolutely, and let's say done by an astrologer doing a natal chart or a progression. Or Ab- something. Absolutely, and the thing is, is that um, astrology is as uh, complex as any given individual it professes to be able to decipher in the first place. So, what I've done in my book, um, in in the way of giving clues to people, leads. Um, uh, to uh, further understanding themselves through astrology, what I've done is I've taken certain aspects to one's chart that I feel is relevant. And uh, one of those aspects, for instance, are the, the nodes of the moon. The nodes of the moon, and most people go, the nodes of the moon? What the right, hell is that? I'll say that. How about the nodes of the vocal cords? <laughs> well, but the... Uh, those I understand. Right, those, those you do. <laughs> but uh, the, moon, the moon's got nodes, too, and uh, they, uh, there's a north and a south node, and they have to do with uh, karma, the karma karma that we've uh, that w- w- what we've what we've come in this life to fulfill and what we have left in other lives and if you get your chart done and you can get it done really uh, economically computerized at places like astrological um, 
Serena's Place. And uh, if you have that, there are many, many books you can use to decipher certain aspects. Uh, for instance, this North Node, South Node um, aspect. Martin Schulman's book on karmic astrology is an excellent resource uh, if you know your nodes. And pe- uh, many people that I've recommended this to, when they've read what it was in their particular case, they really did resonate with it, and it really made a lot of sense to them, instead of just saying, yes, I'm an Aquarius, or yes, I'm a Gemini, or whatever it happens to be. And uh, so, there are other, there are other, uh, there are specific things you can look for with within your chart to give you some answers to things that uh, that you would like to know about yourself. Also, on a general note, if you get your entire chart done, uh, it's much more meaningful than just knowing what your sun sign is for the simple reason that you will come to know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And if you have that information, you can maximize on your strengths and you can also work on your weak points. And um, it's, it's a soul-searching type of thing, so you really need to say, I'm going to look at this with an open mind, I'm going to really weigh it, I'm going to investigate it. And that's kind of the, pro- the approach that I take throughout my book, uh, because I, I was raised Catholic and told so much of my uh, adolescent uh, life that, you know, you just have to rely on faith, faith, faith. And I kind of got tired of faith and tired of uh, the hierarchy of the of the church walking around in fabulous robes and, and, and as if they were um, above suspicion or, you know, that they had some kind of... Uh, um, that they were better than I was, which I, I never really bought. And uh, when I started exploring the things that I did in the book, I got proof. And I'm not a- asking anyone to necessarily believe what I have to say is true, whether it's reincarnation or karma or uh, astrology, dreams, whatever it is. But experiment for yourself. It's possible to get proof. And if people hear that um, and they and and you start to get your your own proof, you're going to find that your your life is going to start taking dramatic shifts and changes, and it uh, will take you to places you never thought you would go. And life really becomes an adventure, and it really becomes exciting. And it, uh, that's that's what I would say. So when you talk about the idea of, of proof, we're talking personal proof. I mean, let's face it: when you go out to buy. Uh, oh, a woman, if you go out to buy a dress or a man goes out to buy a, a pair of pants, uh, if you ever go to the place where it says one size fits all, I mean, we, we all laugh. We all <laughs> laugh. We say, my God, one size can't fit all. And yet, when you look in the, in the newspaper, you're supposed to believe that one uh, blurb about Aquarius is supposed to fit everyone. Um, and yet, if you were to go to a tailor and have that tailor actually make you something that fits exactly. you exactly, that is, that's certainly going to fit and be perfect for you. And this would be like going to an astrologer who says, here, this is what you really are. And, and then for those of you who don't know, all the 12 signs of the zodiac are contained in each person's tra- chart, and we have different parts of, of all of that. So, and they interrelate. They interrelate right. to each other. And uh, it's, it's a very, very complex science, but I think that you can take certain parts of it uh, you can look at, at it as a whole, and there are certain parts that you can examine um, more closely. For instance, Pluto is another aspect. Pluto is Pluto, the planet. not the dog now. No, we're not speaking about the dog. <laughs> no, I don't think he enters into this at all. Um, uh, 
Pluto is the uh, planet of, uh, that signifies uh, death and rebirth and transformation, among other things. It also symbolizes the occult, sex, death, and they are also, there are also death and rebirth themes in, in, those, in those ideas. And it rules the sign of Scorpio, which we are heading into um, any day now, I guess tomorrow or uh, tomorrow is actually... Uh, might, it, might even 20, be today. Today well, is the 22nd. Actually, I just looked the other day. It's the 24th, I believe, is where Scorpio Very actually starts. It does Well, it's that's where it's it does that. Uh, but uh, uh, if you look at where Pluto is in your chart, you will get lots of information as, as to... Uh, your past, and but most w- of us are Pluto and Leo. I mean, my goodness. Uh. Well, I'm talking about aspects. I'm talking. <laughs> I, know, about, I'm ta- I know. Yeah. Could you imagine that though? If there's anyone here who has Pluto in some other sign, you should call right now. <laughs> 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 the reason I say that for those of you who are listening and, and don't know, it's such a slow-moving planet that we're talking about. That's right. Two or three hundred years, or something like that. As I, my understanding, is it? Um, well, gee. who knows? It's at least a hundred years that I know of. Yeah, it's. I don't. It, it it moves pretty slowly, but I think there's there's probably two or three, two or three different uh, generations uh, right. within this generation that uh, Pluto is in two or three different signs. Uh, this is Bruce Stephen Holmes, a timeless voyager, and uh, we're listening to and and get, gaining a great deal of understanding from Steve Travis, author of From Out of the Blue. Steve, you used the word karma a few times. Why don't we kind of get an understanding as to uh, what you feel karma is? Okay, well, well, karma to me is really the uh, the impersonal law of cause and effect, and uh, now, you use the word impersonal for a particular reason. So yes, why? I do because I think people uh, people um, we subconsciously do things, and we don't necessarily think these things are wrong. Um, for instance, the example that I gave you about driving. It's like somebody's desperately trying to get on the freeway, and you can see they're desperately trying to get on the freeway, and you don't feel like changing lanes where maybe it's easy for you to change lanes. But And so what will happen is you, you'll probably find yourself in that same situation the same day or maybe later in the week where you're screaming and yelling at somebody to, to maybe move over so you can, you can get in there. And the reason I stress the impersonal aspect is that things that we subconsciously do will also be given back to us uh, when I say, okay, a negative thing, for instance, negative as well as positive things. If you do something negative, it'll come back to you uh, because of the because of cause and effect. You do something, it's going to cause something else to happen, and there's got to be a balancing of of those things. And so I say impersonal because it's not some god up there judging you, saying you're bad, you're going to go to hell, you're not good enough, and you'll never be good enough. It's uh, <laughs> sounds like something I've heard a few times. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there are certain uh, denom- certain uh, faiths out there right. that I think might adhere to those kinds of beliefs. I don't. So what you're saying basically is that the reason you use the word impersonal and what we're talking about basically is that for every action there is an equal reaction. Goodness, Newton said it uh, a number of years ago. That's correct. And I think that if people... And, but we're, we're not even going to signify action because of the, the physicist said, well, that only applied to objects that hit each, hit each other or try to move each other. You're saying, no, this applies to everything, every everything, thought, every everything. sound, That's every it. movement. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned thoughts because thoughts thoughts are things and they they are real. Um, and the reason the reason that I mention this is that right now we are in the physical body and we're in the physical world. Um, and, and we have the impression that no one knows. 
<laughs> what we're thinking about. Well, right, exactly. Which Donna Sibo showed us about an hour ago that someone does know what we're thinking about. Well, not only not only that, the the thing is when the body physical body falls away and when we die, i.e. change dimensions, which is I like to call it better, uh, okay. uh, is that um, the we we will materialize uh, our reality to to a certain extent by our minds by what we are thinking mm-hmm. when we are we're in the spirit realm. So, the again, I think most people don't get it that that is the greater reality because we don't really die. That we our spirit that part of us lives on. The analogy that I give is that our soul is kind of like a computer that contains the software of many of our lives, and this current life is the current is the current. Uh, piece of software that's being used and most people so we're word for today <laughs> i'm seriously we're word for today tomorrow we can be mcpaint you know next right. day we can be you know database three or... well i would say i would well what i would really say is that not tomorrow or the next day for this life your word perfect well, or whatever you're using sure. and that, that your next life you'll use something else but the reason i mentioned that uh if people if you get the idea that this is one piece of software and that um the this computer in the sky that has all of our lives mm-hmm. on it. I think is, the Vedic the, the Vedic pundits call it the chit. Okay, they and we call, call it the chip. chip. We call, <laughs> all right, well, we're, we're calling it, and you're calling it the soul. Right. The storehouse uh, of impressions. Where right. all that's happening from. But the the main thing. Or the higher self. We can call us the higher. That's self. right. All you right. could call it the higher self. And what I'm getting at is is that if that larger thing is looming, uh, either above us. Maybe people will will stop and not take this dimension so seriously from an ego level and realize that that there really is that there really is something else there. And pl- taking that same computer analogy, you know, you, you feel like you're drawn to certain situations and people. In that sense, it's almost like modem. It's where where we are, are we're hooked up inextricably to each other. Um, and back to the synchronistic experience again. Exactly, and then the whole planet, the whole energy of everybody on it, it's um, it's a mosaic that's all connected. Inevitably. And the illusion is that we are separate. That's what the illusion is all about. Exactly. That we're separate. And of course, when the, when the physical body falls away, and there's nothing left but everything you've been thinking about all that time... Um, it becomes pretty obvious to those who are around. <laughs> that's that's right, and, th- and the the thing is, back to what we, what we were originally talking about, which was um, uh, thinking that our thoughts and our actions are kind of equal. If you get the idea that this greater reality, um, the the what's in the ethers. Uh, is what the greater thing is, and that if you materialize, you manifest your reality when you're in that dimension by what you think, you can see what enormous power the thought process has in this dimension, and thus you have uh, explanation as to why things like uh, why positive thinking works, why affirmations work, why this kind of programming works, because we can we can actually outpicture whatever it is that we desire. Um, by by changing our thoughts. This is Bruce Stephen Holmes, The Timeless Voyager. We're running out of time today. Uh, I think that it was very, very good that we actually had a chance to talk about your understanding of this new age. And I would like to uh, request that everyone go out and buy Steve Travis's book, From Out of the Blue. It's available here in Santa Barbara and, as you mentioned, also in Ohio. That's right. This is Bruce Stephen Holmes, The Timeless Voyager. Have a very, very good week, everyone.